You're listening to Before the Bell podcast, hosted by Dan Karkias and Say No More. Before the Bell, episode four, hosted by me, that guy Kez, and Courtney, Say No More. We're back once again. Welcome back, guys, to another episode. How are you feeling about the fights this weekend? Um, There were some good fights, definitely. I think uh, the main thing about the weekend was uh, MMA. MMA yeah. took the, you know, the forefront this weekend. There's a few boxing fights that went over the radar. But yeah, the MMA, def- MMA definitely shone this weekend. Yep, so of course we're back. Talk about um, all the fights that happened this weekend. There were some some real wars out there. Um, UFC Fight Night 150. Jacare Souza versus uh, Jack Hermanson. Uh, Bellator 220. Ilima McFarlane, the female strawweight. She's strawweight. I think she's strawweight, yes. I could be wrong, but I think she's strawweight. Yeah, female strawweight um, champion was in action. And of course, one of my favourite fighters, Rory McDonald as well, was on the show in that card. And then, um, yeah, showing that British uh, heavyweight boxing is in good shape. We'll talk about Daniel Dubois as well, um, not to mention the preview for next weekend. A huge weekend in boxing next weekend, isn't that right? Canelo Alvarez versus Daniel Jacobs. Canelo Alvarez is a big deal, signed a deal for um, £365 million pounds, uh, for how many fights? Do you know? I'm pretty sure it's 15 fights. 15 fight deal there. So... That's the show we got lined up. Of course, there's going to be quick mentions. We're going to talk about the news a little bit. Uh, you can find out what happened to Darren Till. Liverpool's very own Darren Till went um, abroad and got into some shenanigans, mm. didn't he? So, Courtney, as per usual, I want to start the show by asking you for your fight of the weekend. Um, continuing with the trend of MMA taking the forefront, I'll go with Jacare Souza versus Jack Clemenson. It's a very good fight, very good fight. Good choice. Um, so, yeah, this was UFC, UFC um, Fight Night 150 in Florida um, on, on Saturday night. This was uh, 12,000 in attendance. Jacare Souza was um, the headliner. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a packed card. So, yeah, what, what can we say about this? Apart from the fact that maybe I, in particular, slept on Jack Hermanson. But, um, yeah, he, he came out and he showed why um, he's actually been put in this fight and why he's calling out for a, for a title shot pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he virtually out, outboxed Jacare Souza. I mean, everyone was raving about his, uh, his ground and pound, his wrestling, taking guys down and, you know, basically beating them to submission. His last fight was against uh, David Branch, who was a favourite in that fight, and that's what he did to David Branch, and people were very shocked. So, um... Jacare Souza's opponent, um, I'm trying to remember who his opponent was, but his opponent for this fight uh, dropped out. So uh, four weeks ago... I think it was a soldier, soldier of God, wasn't it? Yo Romero. Yeah. I think it was Yo Romero. Yeah. yeah. Um, so four weeks ago, Jack Carmanson fought and beat David Branch. Two weeks later, they gave him a phone call and he said, well, yeah, I'm up for it. So he's had two fights, two main event fights in, two, in four weeks. Two main event fights in four weeks and... You know, this guy has had a fast rise in um, UFC. I've seen a few of his previous fights, and you can see you can see why you know Dana White, UFC president, is uh, confident enough to put this guy in a in a main event. He he's a very aggressive fighter. He doesn't really back down. And considering Jacare Souza is an absolute veteran of the sport, um, 
Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, black belt. But Hermanson didn't care. He just took him on, on, on the ground, um, even almost got him in a guillotine in round one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I've, you know, hats off to the guy. He's uh, certainly on my radar now. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good fighter. It didn't surprise me. Um, as you know, I like to think I'm a, a pugilist of, <laughs> of uh, fighting sports. Um, I knew he could win, but I didn't think he would... I thought he would take him down gradually, keep taking him down gradually, and then wear him out. But, I mean, for the majority of the rounds, he, um, he outboxed Jacare Souza. I mean, Jacare Souza, he came in with his normal feints, big right hand, and he just stepped back through a free con- combination and put him on the floor in the first round. And then from there, he tried to, as you said, do a guillotine choke. Uh, round three was all Souza. Souza came back. I mean, he's a retainer, as we know, so he changed his game plan. He uh, started hitting into the body. He dropped his hands and he started letting big right hands go. But um, he showed he has a chin as well. Um, yeah. So, it was, yeah, it was a very good performance from uh, Jack Manson. Yeah, I think from both of them, it, it, was, it, it, was, a, yeah, it was a great fight. Went the full five-round distance. Um, yeah, I think... Souza, yeah, he's been scary, I think, in the past. Um, he's 39 years old now. He's been doing this since 2003. Maybe he's not at his best anymore. Whereas, you know, Hermansen, um, he's from Sweden. He's 30 years old in his prime. And I think it really, really showed, you know, the pace was super intense. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think they both got tired towards the later rounds, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. as you can expect. But certainly... I will not be um, sleeping on this guy anymore. Um, I'll be looking forward to his future fights. And like you say, he just fought twice in four weeks and um, absolutely looked on top form. So anything else you want to say about this fight? Um, I want to say that Jacare Souza, he did give a good account of himself. He won round three. He arguably won round five. Um, two of the judges scored it 48-47 uh, to um, Hermanson, giving Jacare Souza two rounds. Um but yeah, I think I don't think it's over for Jacare Souza. I mean, his last fight he knocked out Chris Weidman, so um, definitely a great performance from Hermanson. But uh, it's not over for Jacare Souza. No, it's not over for him. But um, yeah, disappointment. I I watched his post post fight uh, interview, and you can just tell. You know, this guy was just drained. He really, I think he even admits himself that he was surprised by the pace that um, Hermanson brought to this fight and. Yeah, you could tell he was hugely disappointed. Um, but yeah, I think we're both happy with the, the performance of both fighters here, aren't we? So I think, um, starting with Manson, what what would you give his rating for this fight? I'd give him solid 8. 8 out of 10. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, for Souza, yeah, just, just slightly under. You know, he really... He really came to fight and um, he, he, he did everything. But yeah, I think the younger guy just kind of showed uh, superior um, kind of energy. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for me, Jacare Souza was just slightly under that. Um, so I'd say 7, 7.5. They both came to fight. They both tried really hard. Um, so yeah, what do you think about his performance? Uh, I, I give him a 7 as well. I, d- I definitely don't think he's deserving of a 7.5, but... Yeah, he's definitely deserving of a seven. It wasn't a bad performance. He was just uh, outwitted and actually outboxed, which is surprising. Uh, but, you know, Hammerson showed he has more tools than we thought. Yeah, this is um, this division. This division is uh, super interesting. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who they put in front of Hermanson next. And I think a lot of fighters now are going to be wary of this guy. 
Um, he's been under the radar for a long time, but this is definitely his coming out party. So that was um, the, the the title fight of uh, well the top card in UFC one uh, one fifty fight night one fifty, and um, yeah, there were some other other fights on that card. Would you like to lead with any other cards on that fight? Sure. Or? Uh, the co-main event was Greg Hardy. Um, first is a, a Russian dude. I forget his name. Um, Greg Hardy, I mean, a knockout in the first round. Um, the Russian dude had nothing. Um, yeah, literally didn't throw anything. Maybe he tried three or four takedowns, failed takedowns, got hit with like a, a uppercut, and then that was what she wrote, really. He went down, ground and pound, over. I mean, we all know that Greg Hardy, uh, he's got power, and he showed it, really. There's really not much to say about the fight. Um, the, his opponent was out of his depth. All right, um, so let's let's stop it right there, and then when we come back, we'll talk about perhaps Bellator 220. That was a good card. Yeah, it was a good card. All right, back after this. If you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to our channel. Okay, before the bell, episode four, we are back for part two. So, uh, Bellator 220. That was an amazing card. Um, Rory McDonald um, versus John Fitch, and also the female champion Elima McFarlane against Beta Artiaga. Now let's start with that one. Did you see? Did you see the elbow? The elbow finished this fight. The elbow was gruesome. Very very gruesome. It it was a competitive fight um, up until the elbow. Um, I gave McFarlane the first round. Um, and uh, I was giving her the second round up until uh, the elbow. Um, yeah, she just she's, she's very cerebral, very cerebral in Altagon. Um, and she, yeah, the other girl gave a good count on herself, hit her with a few shots, but once the elbow connected, um, it's pretty much over. Yeah, so Elima um, hails from Hawaii, so proving that uh, MMA is um, strong on the island mm-hmm. or the islands. Um, yeah, and, and, and like I said, vicious elbow from the top straight into Vita's forehead and then blood just gushed out immediately. And then it was actually a doctor stoppage, which is um, yeah, quite rare at MMA. But yeah, congratulations. Um, what do you think is next for Elima? Um, well, this is her fourth title fight, so she won the title and then this is her third defence. I mean, in each fight, she's just I think they're all stoppages. Yeah, they're all stoppages. Or submissions, so she's just starching these girls, and there's no one left in Bellator for her, in my opinion. I mean, and the straw rate division in UFC is very, very fruitful. So I would love to see her go to the UFC. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. You don't think Dana White has got his checkbook out and 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 is watching her? No. Um, I think Bellator is going to hold into her as long as they can. Um, but if she's a competitive woman, she will eventually demand her to move. Um, yes. Ari, so- go on. I mean, let's talk about Bellator, actually, because they're an organization, um, obviously, when it comes to MMA, UFC are, you know, the dominant ones. They've had um, some huge names, Conor McGregor, um, Ronda Rousey. So they've had the biggest names in MMA. But what do you think that, you know, what do you think of Bellator fighters in general and the level compared to UFC? Um, there are some good fighters in Bellator. Um, the best fighters are at UFC, um, but a lot of the top level Bellator fighters can definitely compete in, compete in UFC. With Bellator, it's just that they don't have a vast roster the way that UFC has. Every division is stacked. Top 10 in every division 
in UFC has killers. Top 10 in Bellator, I mean, only the top four are killers, the rest are, you know? So yeah. that's just, and it's not even, it's not even that they can't afford it. They can afford to pay these fighters, but the fighters want to be at UFC because it's a, you know, a bigger light for them. So yeah, they're, they're in a predicament, but there is some top level fighters. I mean, Gagel Masasi would be a lot of uh, the hundred, the middleweights uh, in um, UFC. Yeah, he fights at one eight five, doesn't he? Yeah, he would beat a lot of them. Obviously, Roman McDonald is a beast. Um, there's another guy. I think he is uh, a forgetting his weight now, but he's the same division as um, TJ Dillashaw, um, and he's a beast. He actually trains with TJ Dillashaw. He's a TJ Dillashaw's training partner, and he's twenty two fights and one loss. And he could go up against a lot of the UFC fans. And of course, Britain's own um, MVP, Michael Venom-Page, um, is with Bellator. And um, he's undefeated, of course. And everyone's everyone's kind of saying that he's not really being tested at Bellator. Uh, people are calling for him to move up to UFC. But I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he's biding his time and he'll do that in good, in good course. Now, talking about UFC versus Bellator, obviously the headline fight in uh, Bellator 220 was Rory McDonald, uh, who did move from UFC. He was in an absolute war with John Fitch. Um, I felt that McDonald won this fight, but it was declared a draw. What did you make of this fight? Um, I think the draw is a fair decision. Um, so it was basically back and forth. They both took each other down and did a bit of ground and pound throughout the five rounds. Um, and there was stand-up. So from what I saw, John Fitch got the better of the... Uh, the wrestling, ground and pound, but uh, Roy McDonald got the better of the stand-up, punching and kicking, right? So I think uh, a draw was fair. Um, yeah, I think it was maybe the fifth. I can't remember. I think it was the fifth round. Um, that was pretty close. So, I mean, one of the rounds, I think you give two rounds apiece and, you know, it's subjective yeah. to who you want to give another round. But and then um, you watched the post-fight uh, interview for this fight and do you have some interesting things on uh, or take on um, Rory McDonald's state of mind after this fight yeah I mean everyone knows him as a, a beast who never stops coming um, as you said last week um, his Robbie Lawler fights the two fights against Robbie Lawler you know the man just doesn't stop um, and he beat Douglas Lima in Bellator for the title he beat um, Paul Daly as well so he's beat the, the top guys in Bellator at the weight at world weight so but his uh Post-fight interview was very weird for me. So he said something along the lines of, recently, um, God has been helping me through life um, and he's bettered my life um, and I'm changing. And I don't know um, if I've still got that killer instinct uh, to really hurt guys and put them through pain in this octagon. Um, I mean, that's, for me, that's sad to hear because that's where Donald's game. Um, yeah, it sounds. it almost sounds like he's retiring right then and there, isn't it? I mean, if you're admitting you know, to the whole world that you might not have the desire to get in the ring and, and hurt people, which is what this game is about. That pretty much sounds like you're halfway out. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, and he's through to the semi-final because he was the champion and it was a draw. Um, and he's fighting, he's supposed to fight Neiman Gracie. Um, Neiman Gracie is an extremely good at jiu-jitsu. Um, so they asked him, so what do you think about your through to the semi-finals? Uh, people think you won that fight. Um, some people think John Fitch won the fight, but you're through. Um, what do you think about your next opponent, Neiman Gracie? And he said, um, well, I don't, I don't have anything to say about it right now. I need to just 
go back to my family and re- uh, reevaluate my next step. So, I mean, it sounds like he doesn't even want to fight, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. There's a lot of money in it for him, so I think he will take those fights. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, I really hope um, that wasn't a retirement uh, because, yeah, I'm a huge, fight, uh, huge fan of this guy. But let's move on to, um, let's, let's, let's head back into UFC Fight Night 150 because that was a stacked card. And uh, a lot of things happened on that card. For me, my fight of the night, um, and also Dana White uh, called it his fight of the night as well, uh, at welterweight, 170 pounds, which is a very stacked division. If you think who's in that division, you've got uh, Tyron Woodley, Darren Till, uh, Gamebred, Masvidal. But yeah, Platinum Mike Perry against the Brazilian cowboy, Alex Oliveira. You actually mentioned this fight last week as one to look at. So um, were you impressed by what was on display here? I was I was very impressed, actually, yes. Um, I did say it would be somewhat of a war, and it pretty much was. Um, the first round, Oliveira came out throwing kicks, throwing combinations, easily won the first round. Um, if you're um, a fanboy of Oliveira, you could have even maybe given him a 10-8 round. I wouldn't have done that myself, but he definitely won the first round. Um, second round, uh, I forget his name now, uh, Mike Platinum, Mike Perry. He came out, it was a bit evening, and then after after two minutes, he took him down and kept him down for a while and ground and pound. They got up, he got out of it, threw some hooks, so he definitely won the second round. And the third round... Um, Mike Perry won. Towards the end of the round, he just was throwing him um, with hooks. Um, yeah, so it was a fair win. One round to Oliveira and two rounds to Mike Perry, but it was just back and forth. Really exciting fight. Yeah, I enjoyed watching this one. It, it looked to me like two different styles. Oliveira came with a more kind of karate, you know, that kind of wide stance, um, similar to um, Thompson, the way Thompson stands. And also he came with a lot of kicks, uh, Roundhouse kicks, spinning kicks. And of course, yeah, Mike Perry, everything he throws with the punches, he's trying to kill you in there. He's trying to take your head off, just throws bombs. So yeah, it was a good it was a good fight to show two different styles in MMA. And it felt at times um, these two gentlemen just stood in the middle of the ring and just threw heavy shots at each other. So um, so yeah, great fight. What, what would you rate... Um, Let's talk about the winner, um, Mike Perry. What would you rate his performance? I think some people are going to... Because he's got a big fan base. He's not the the brightest star in UFC, but he's got a very big fan base. People are going to react badly, but for me, a 6.5. A 6.5? Why would you say that, considering that he won the fight? Sloppy. The fight, I mean, both guys done well, but maybe they gave, gave each other too much respect, but it was a bit sloppy. Um, when they did connect, yeah, the punches were good. Oliveira did have that, you know, that karate stance, throwing good kicks, especially in the first round. Um, but it was a bit, it was a bit sloppy. The technique went out the window in both guys for me, so I give uh, Mike Perry six point five. Okay, boxing purist, <laughs> Courtney there. Um, yeah, I would be a little bit kinder. I'd, I'd say at least a, a seven. And then for Oliveira, um, do you know how he got his name as of a cowboy? You know that he used to be a bull rider in Brazil before he got into fighting. So, um, yeah, diverse careers that these fighters have. And uh, also, another fact about Oliveira is that he survived the grenade attack. He actually got, in, 
got involved in a brawl or uh, altercation in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, where he's from, and um, survived the grenade attack. So, yeah, clearly um, a warrior and uh, a man with heart there. But I would give him, again, I'd say for me, this, this was almost tied. So I'd give him a seven as well. Um, very, very good performance. But how do you feel about that? Um, I'd give him a six. I, I can't give him um, uh, a 6.5 uh, like Mike Perry because there, there was times where he just coasted a little bit in the fight where he could have pushed forward a bit more. But, I mean, they're both was pretty much even. even. So I'll give him a 6. Okay, I think that'll do it for now. Um, the end of part two right here. So when we come back, we'll talk about the boxing event. British heavyweight Daniel Dubois against Richard Larty uh, from Ghana. And... Um, yeah, we'll back after this. You've been listening to Before the Bell podcast. Okay, we're back, part three. So, we're going to talk about British heavyweight, the state of British heavyweight uh, fighting, boxing in general. But in particular, the fight over the weekend was um, Daniel Dubois against the Ghanaian. Uh, so, Daniel Dubois is 21 years old and he's a bit of a prospect in British boxing, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Um... I agree. Um, he's got a lot of power in both hands. Um, and he definitely showed me something in this fight. He showed better boxing ability, a better jab. Um, and he needed to because the guy he was fighting, um, Richard Lyle, Garnea from Accra, um, definitely has power himself and is no chump. He can box with it. Yeah, it looked, it, it looked like they were both going at it um, and, and it looked fairly even until to me um, until the fourth round when yeah the knockout just came out of nowhere so from your experience of boxing and from your knowledge how do you describe uh, his performance and especially that finish um, I feel like I might overrate his performance a little bit because he showed me a lot of new wrinkles in his game wrinkles that I didn't think he, he had I actually betted against him in this fight I guess. against Daniel Dubois yeah um because he's got power. Sometimes he leans forward a bit too much with his head and he, he falls into his punches. Um, he almost eradicated it from his game in this fight. So um, so basically, um, the key to his victory was the jab. He had a very good jab. Uh, he jabbed him quite a lot in the first round. Made um, Lottie think a little bit. Um, yeah, and his timing. He was just uh, less erratic than he normally is. Uh, Lottie was, he was game. He was good. Yeah, in the third round, he caught uh, Dubois with some good uh, good hooks. And Dubois actually had a little step back um, and thought about what he's doing because they clearly hurt him. But I think um, the youth uh, and the jab made it key for him to win. And then behind the jab, he threw the hook in the fourth round and that was all she wrote. Yeah, that was a beautiful hook in, in, in the fourth round against Richard Larty there. Richard Larty claims that he's 27. Um, yeah, you <laughs> I challenge anyone to go and uh, Google Richard Lighty and uh, see if he is indeed 27. But um, yeah, let's talk about the general shape of British boxing, especially the heavyweight division. I'm really excited. I feel like boxing is back on the map. Um, so many exciting guys at heavyweight, um, you know, whether they're British, American, you know, even even other countries. Well, what about you? What's your? Are you excited? for the British heavyweight division at the moment? I am pretty much, man. There's a lot of guys coming through. There's a lot of uh, contenders. I mean, as we just mentioned, Daniel Dubois, uh, 
But there is a story, supposedly, he knocked down Joshua in sparring. Um, this story broke maybe about two years ago. Um, people still talk about it today. Um, you got Joel Joyce, uh, another British heavyweight. He was under the tutelage of uh, David Hay. Yeah. Um, went over to America, had some decent wins. Uh, beat Bermain the Stuck, Bermain the Stavan, former WBC heavyweight champion. Um, he's a, another prospect, but he's a bit older, so they're moving him fast. Obviously, Dillian White, um, he deserves a title shot, for sure, definitely deserves a title shot. And obviously, the two big guns, Tyson Fury and uh, Anthony Joshua. So, um, also mentioned Nathan Gorman as well. Um, he's also under Frank Warren. So Nathan Gorman, Joe Joyce, and Dubois are basically in some sort of uh, freeway um, contest, basically. So they're all going to fight each other eventually. So Nathan Gorman's another one, 13 fights. Yeah. Uh, and maybe 10 KOs. So British boxing is very fruitful, and let's not mention all the other heavyweights. Exactly. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Deontay Wilder. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm very happy for the state of boxing at the moment. So let's go back and, for the fans out there, let's give this boxing event between Daniel Dubois and Richard Lati. What would you rate the fight overall? So obviously, only got to the fourth round with that knockout. What would you rate the fight? Um, they was both throwing lever. Um, I feel like he deserves maybe a 7.5. But because of me and what I saw from him and the vast improvements he showed me in his game, I'm giving Daniel Dubois at 8.5. Okay. And then Richard? Richard, he came to fight. Um, and he showed that he's got some boxing acumen. Um, it's hard to say, man. I say I want to say 7, but 6.5. I'm going to go 7. 7 for Lai. Yeah. I mean, congratulations to Daniel Dubois there. Um, it's a bit of a statement win. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to what's next in store for him. I think probably his next fight will be Joe Joyce, would you think? or? Yeah, it's probably going to be Joe Joyce. Uh Jodrich just signed with Frank Warren. Um, and it actually looks, it looks like it's probably going to be June or July that they fight. Okay. I, I would prefer July because Daniel Dubois just fight, so just fought, so July fight would be good. Yeah, and this ties in nicely to a question that we had um, from Gianni about, um, he was asking about your opinion on Daniel Dubois, and I think you've pretty much given it there. So let's end it there. Let's end part three right there. And then when we come back, we've got the big preview Um Canelo Alvarez versus Daniel Jacobs. Um, well, sorry, excuse me. Before we end part three, we want to do some quick mentions, don't we? Yeah. Um, so the, the other events that were happening this weekend. Just some quick mentions. So there was a PBC card um, headlined with uh, uh, Rancid Bartholomew versus, um, I'm forgetting his name now, Robert Easter Jr. Um, it was for two titles, uh, the IBO uh, lightweight title and another title as well, two titles, two vacant titles, um, and it ended up in a draw. Um, a shame one of them one of them should have won, but that ended up in a draw. And under the undercard of that, you had Victor Postel. He beat uh, a French uh, fighter on the name of a Menune, uh, a UD. A easy victory for Victor Postel. Also, there was a World Boxing Super Series as well. Uh, two big fights, Donito Donaire. Uh, knocked out his opponent in the sixth round. Um, uh, Steve, I think it was Stephen Mano, Stephen Mano, and uh, Regis Progress versus uh, Kill Relic, WBA um, 
what lightweight award title and a diamond WBC title. He also knocked him out in the sixth round as well. So those are two decent cards from uh, from our US shores. So have a look at those. All right. Um, yeah. So when we come back, we'll talk about like I said, Canelo uh, Alvarez versus Daniel Jacobs. Huge fight next weekend, May the fourth. And then yeah, we've got some news from um, the world of boxing, and of course we'll preview. There's a UFC event on that weekend as well, raging Al Iquinta and um, Cowboy Cerrone. So back after this. Okay, we are back with part four, the final part of the episode. And we're going to lead with a huge boxing event next weekend, May the 4th. Canelo Alvarez, the huge star in Mexico versus the American Daniel Jacobs. Now, these two are the best, um, well, claim to be the best middleweight um, guys in the in the division. But for me, that discussion has got to include Gennady Golovkin, but that's for another day. Um, Canelo Alvarez came onto my radar personally when he fought Floyd Mayweather in 2013. He lost that fight, but he went on um, and he has been un- unbeaten since then. So he's literally fought everyone and, um, you know, he's unbeaten since that fight, since 2013. So, Courtney, what do you make of this upcoming match? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be one for the boxing purists. It's definitely going to be very technical. There will be a lot of counters in it. Uh, predominantly, Canelo's a counterpuncher. Uh, Jacobs can counterpunch as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a really good fight. Um, yeah, I'm going to go straight off the bat saying I think uh, I'm going to give it to Jacobs. I think he can definitely do it. Um, we all know that Canelo is a very good fighter and he's got good upper body movement and head movement. But if you look at his uh, his losses or some of his fights, he has people problems with real boxers that can move and punch, right? He got beat by uh, Mayweather very easily. He fought uh, Iris Andy Lara to a split decision, which a lot of people said Lara won. Um, and uh, you actually mentioned this last week um, that um, he was getting outboxed by uh, Khan before he knocked him out. Um, so and Daniel Jacobs got probably the best uh, foot movement in the whole of the middleweight division. Has got power and can box. So and Canelo is slightly flat-footed. That's why he has problems with boxes. So I'm going to give it to Daniel Jacobs. But it'll be a very technical fight and it'll be a fun, fun fight. Yeah, I mean this will definitely be an upset if Daniel Jacobs. Um, you know, takes this win because, like I said, Alvarez at the at the top of the show, he's just signed a deal with um, a sports network for three hundred and sixty something million dollars. So that they, they expect him to be a huge star. It would be a huge shock if he was to lose this fight. But yeah, don't don't discount the kid from Brownsville, Daniel Jacobs. Um, let's just talk about one of his fights. He fought against Peter Quillen, who was undefeated champion at the time. And um, well, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, I mean, at the time, the best two middleweights was Peter Quillen and Gennady Golovkin. Uh, Canelo Alvarez was at 154 pounds, so he wasn't in the middleweight equation at that time. Um, and no one was wanted to fight Golovkin, no one wanted to fight Quillen. Uh, Daniel Jacobs steps up, fights Quillen. Um, I was shocked, I put a lot of money on uh, Quillen, and he knocks out Quillen in the first round. Um, Hits him with like a kind of overhand right hook in the middle of the ring. Quillen stumbles back, goes to work, then hits him with another hook and referee stops it. Yeah, I saw that fight. I, it, um, it was over in the first round. 
And imagine the shock of going in as the undefeated champion and then getting stopped in the first round. So that's that's what Daniel Jacobs can do. So um, definitely one to watch. Um, interesting story. Uh, interesting backstory for Jacobs. Um, he's from Brownsville, New, uh, New York. He got into boxing to fight a bully uh, from a very tough background. And he's actually survived bone cancer um, when he had surgery. And even his doctor told him that he wouldn't be able to box again. So the fact that he's um, about to take on the biggest uh, title fight of his life. I mean, um, yeah, th- this guy is capable of um, doing a lot of things. So... Yep, this fight, May the 4th, next weekend, and um, you're going for Daniel Jacobs. Yeah, J- just another mention as well, um, I think it was about two years ago, um, he fought Golovkin, and a lot of people thought Daniel Jacobs beat Golovkin. Um, some people say, because Golovkin's next fight after that was against Canelo, that if it was a little bit close, they're just going to give it to Golovkin. But um, yeah, I gave that fight to Daniel Jacobs by two rounds. So that's another thing, I mean, he's definitely got pedigree against top middleweights. Okay, well, let's move on then onto some um, quick mentions. Just to say quickly that there is a UFC event on next weekend as well, raging Al Quinta against um, Cowboy Cerrone. Don't have too much to say about this fight apart from you should watch it because these two, especially by Quinta, um, they make for very entertaining fights, and I just love um, I love his attitude. Uh, I think he's from New York or from New Jersey. He's he's a typical. Um, Typical kind of Italian American uh, kid from New York, and um, yeah, it should be it should be a, a firefight. And then apart from that, you got some quick mentions, Courtney. Yeah, well, we can't we can't go without mentioning our good friend uh, Darren Till. You know, Darren Till. Darren Till. So he was in, I think it was was it Ayanapa? No, Tenerife. Tenerife. There we go. He was in Tenerife. Um, I feel like it may be, um, you know, mistaken. But he supposedly trashed his hotel room with a bunch of his mates, left the hotel room. Um, I think they also refused to pay for the damages, and then they stole a cab. Um, I feel like that they was getting in the cab. Um, the cab driver was packing their luggage, right? And he just got into the cab and moved it maybe like five or ten meters. I don't know. This is just me thinking. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, he's all over the news for the past week. Stealing the cab and trashing the room. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Darren Till. Um, the lad from Liverpool, you know, he, he's just doing what Brits do when they go on tour. <laughs> this is this is not really news. I mean, he's, how old is he, 26? Yes, 25 or 26. Yeah, so he, he's young um, and he's gone on holiday, you know, the way Brits do. And he's, um, he's you know, trashed his hotel and stole a taxi, which, like you say, I don't think he really... <laughs> I think he really stole the taxi. He just borrowed it for a few moments, I guess. Um, but he's been fined 10,000 euros. And um, a nice um, slap on the wrist there for Darren Till. I mean, I like I said, I'm a huge fan of the guy. I hope the next time we talk about him will be in a more positive sense. Um, and it will be in relation to a UFC fight. Did you know that he speaks fluent Portuguese? Um, yes, because he stayed in uh, Brazil for maybe five years. So, um, it says three and a half years on okay. my on, on my research here, but yeah. So he's not a typical, you know. In, in case you want to judge him harshly, being from Liverpool, going abroad and causing havoc, um, just bear in mind. Yeah, it might not be the typical case there from Darren Till. Now, 
I think that's almost at the end of the show, Corny. I just want to say that, uh, talking of Darren Till, he actually built his name in Brazil. So he fought on maybe four, four or five UFC Brazil cards. And then, then he fought then Donald Cerrone in America. So, uh, yeah, just a quick mention there. Yep. So, like I said, hopefully next time we talk about Darren Till, who's deleted all his social media accounts after this event. Um, hopefully that will be in relation to a UFC fight. So, unless you have anything else to add, Courtney. Um, um, just a quick mention. There was a title fight. There was a matchroom card on Friday. It was TJ Donahue versus Daniel Roman. Unification for £122. Uh, IBF and WA titles. Uh, Daniel Roman won the fight quite close. He got two knockdowns in the fight as well. Um, and also the main event on that card was uh, Sirsaket saw wrongs Visai versus uh, Francisco Estrada. The rematch. Um, saw Rung Visai won the first match and um, on the weekend, on the Friday night, um, Francisco Estrada won the rematch. So they're actually going to have a third fight. Uh, the best two uh, uh, super flyweights. Yeah, best two super flyweights in the world. So that should be good. All right. Um, so best out of three for those two then. So, yeah, with that, I want to thank everyone for listening, um, for contributing, for supporting the movement. Um, we, we are out there on Spotify, Facebook, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. So thank you. If you are getting involved in the movement, we'll be back, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, everything that happens in the world of fighting. And of course, the main event next week being Canelo Alvarez versus Daniel Jacobs. And um, just before we go, um, last week we did a competition to win £50 Amazon vouchers. Um, and the winner hasn't come forward yet. So um, it was Manoj. So Manoj, if you're listening, uh, please, uh, you can uh, email beforethebellcast at gmail.com um, or you can leave a comment on any of our socials um, and we'll have that to you. Um, we'll leave it for next week. And if you don't uh, come forward, then we'll just redo the competition. Okay. And with that, see you next week. Next week, guys. You've been listening to Before the Bell podcast. Tune in next week for more about the world of mixed martial arts.